theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. We make preaching easy at Extraordinary Church. We're going to get with the preaching. We're going to pull it out. Praise God. If you're going to get with the man of God, why don't you give him praise as Carrie comes to deliver the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, come on, we can do a little bit of that. Praise the Lord, everybody. You can be seated for just one moment. I want to give honor to the angel of this house, Brother Thompson, and his beautiful, beautiful family. Beautiful family. Um, I ran into his son Friday night, and I didn't realize that it was his daughter playing at youth convention, so it's just a family affair, praise God. Now listen, I'm from the deep, deep south now, and we like to have a little thing called church. So I wonder for just a little bit, can we have a little bit of church today? I do feel like the Lord has impressed upon me a very specific word. I know you don't know me, and I didn't call your pastor and say, hey, what's a good message I could preach to your church? No, we don't communicate that way. But I do feel like the Holy Ghost has a word for somebody in this house. It's good to have my beautiful wife with me. Um, we have two baby boys, and if they would have came, they would have tore up the whole church. So they had to stay in Alabama, praise God. So we'll be flying out early tomorrow, and it's an honor to be before you today. I'm going to preach um, a message. I don't preach everywhere. I just felt very specific that this was for this church. You don't have to stand. I'm just going to go ahead and get started. Um, John chapter 11 and verse 1. John chapter 11 verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus. Everybody say Lazarus. Of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And it was Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Everybody say sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, him who thou lovest, <laughs> he whom thou lovest is sick. And I don't know about y'all, but... If I say somebody loves me, I'm expecting them to cater to me sometime. Any need that I have, I'm expecting them to come when I call them. Ooh. So verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness, we're going to have a little church today, y'all, is not unto death, but for the glory of God. <laughs> that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus, here it goes again, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode, hold on, y'all, hold on, <laughs> hold on, Jesus tripping, okay? The Bible says that he 
loved Lazarus. But he loved him so much that he stayed in the same place and didn't move. So what happens when you get in a situation and a trial and you pray but you don't feel like God is meeting that need? What happens when you have financial issues and you're having heartaches and life happens and God doesn't show up? Okay? See, now listen, I'm just going to be real with you. A lot of times, preachers preach good messages. And sometimes we feel like we can't connect to that message. But every person in this house is going to get to a place in life where you don't understand why. And so, Lazarus, the one that Jesus loved, was sick, but Jesus stayed in the same place and it did not move him. That don't sound like a whole lot of love to me, church. I feel like if he loved me, he'd show up when I needed him. But this is the thing, Jesus doesn't show up on our time. He shows up on his own time because he's the master. And sometimes we go through situations and trials where we got to figure out who's in charge. <laughs> and so, verse 7, then after that saith he to his disciples, we're going to have a little Bible study, is that okay? Let us go into Judea. Now, Lazarus is in Bethany. Hold on, Jesus. Y'all, y'all, hold on. Jesus really tripping now. The need is in Bethany, but Jesus wants to go to Judea. But this is the thing. Jesus went to Judea before, and they tried to kill him. So you would rather go to a place where they tried to kill you than meet the need of somebody that you love. make a whole lot of sense it don't make a whole lot of sense that I have to go through all of this it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that I feel abandoned and left behind and forsaken see this is the thing I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now to tell somebody when you're going through situations and trials when you don't understand why you can't go off a of feeling anymore you have to go on facts and what's the facts? The Bible says he will never leave you. Nor forsake you. <laughs> His disciples saying to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. And goest thou thither again. They're like, Jesus, why do you want to go there? But Jesus, his ways are above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. I'm going to skip to verse 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, <laughs> but I go that I may wake him up. Hold on, hold on, Jesus. First you said that this sickness is not unto death. <laughs> but when he dies, Jesus said, He's sleeping. Jesus, you're tripping, bro. Like, do I need a translator or something? 
Y'all ever seen that meme on Facebook where the girl's like, that's how I would be if I was a follower of Jesus because I wouldn't really understand what he's saying. But in humanistic ways of thinking, when we see death, we see it as something that's final. But through Jesus' eyes, when he looked at death, he said, no, that's not death, that's sleep. Because this situation is temporary. And I feel like telling somebody in the Holy Ghost right now, the situation you're dealing with is temporary. And the, the page is turning. And something is going to shift today. I go that I may wake him up out of his sleep. Now, y'all, I think the disciples like Brother Kerry today. I think they kind of relate to me. Verse 12 said, then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he doing pretty good. Because he looks sleep. How be it Jesus spake of his death. <laughs> but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus. Hold on, Jesus. Like, but you said this sickness was not unto death. What happens when you're living life and what God has spoken is seemingly contradicting? And you don't understand why. But you got to understand this is the thing about God, He works with the end. Now listen, this is what you got to understand. As humans, we operate, we work through life from beginning to end. We are birthed and then we're looking at death. But Jesus, God, <laughs> he's already in your future. So he knows that there's going to be a shift. But sometimes God's got to allow us to go through some things where we say, God, I don't know how you're going to fix this. feel this right now in the Holy Ghost. Somebody in this house is going through some type of family issue where you just don't know how God's going to get glory out of the dysfunction you're dealing with. Maybe God's allowing this dysfunction so that it'll bring your family closer together. Verse 15, and I am glad for your sakes <laughs> that I was not there. You mean that you were happy that you didn't show up? It's in the Bible, y'all. I ain't making this up. I'm happy that I didn't show up when you called me. That's some type of love, right? Because we expect God at the snap of our finger. Show up, God. Do this, God. God's not our servant. <laughs> then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days. So remember that when Lazarus was sick, 
they came and told him. He was not dead yet. So a lot of people believe it was a week's time before God even showed up. You mean to tell me, God, I came to you like a week ago, bro. And God just chilling like, I'm going to wait till it gets as worse as possible. Jesus in the middle of the storm showed up at the fourth watch of the night. Because God wants to get glory out of your situation. And listen, the reason why is so that you can't point to a human and say they did it. God is the only one that fixed my family. God's the only one that fixed my marriage. God's the only one that fixed my fight. Now listen to this, y'all. Verse 18. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, 15 furlongs off. Now some of you are like, what is a furlong? What does that mean? 15 furlongs means 1.8 miles. So, y'all, listen, Jesus really tripping, y'all. Jesus was 1.8 miles away and didn't move. So that means Jesus was close enough. There's some commentators believe that he was so close that he could see the lights to the next town and just sat there. What kind of love is that? The God that loves you. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. What this is, is back then in biblical times, they would hire professional mourners. <laughs> Lazarus is <laughs> And so this is surrounding Martha and Mary. That's why you got to be careful when you're dealing with things who you put yourself around. Because sometimes your inner circle, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Let me keep on going. Verse 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Martha said, nah, bro, I ain't going to him. Sat in the house. But this is the thing. What's at the house with them? The mourners. That's why we got to be careful when life happens that we don't have the mindset, oh, I ain't going to church. Because there's stuff in the house that's affecting where we're going. And so the spirit of the mourners is always, ah! <laughs> And one sister's going to see Jesus and another one's like, nope, I'm going to stay here. And don't even realize that that spirit is affecting her. Verse 21, then Martha, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here. If you would have answered my prayer, this wouldn't have happened. And verse 22 says, but I know that even now. Whatsoever that will ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother, he's going to get up. He's going to rise again. And the situation was so bad that Martha said this in the next verse. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall arise again at the resurrection. 
So that means she didn't even believe because it was so far gone and the situation got so bad that even God himself can't fix this. How many of us in this house here are facing a situation where we're like, there's no way the God that spoke the worlds into existence can fix this. There's no way God could fix this because it's been four days. What happens after four days of death? Bloating starts to happen. Self-skeletonization starts happening. The situation doesn't even look the same after four days. And so Jesus shows up after four days of death and says, I want to do something in this situation. Because there's no way humans can get glory out of this. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? <laughs> now listen to what she says. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God which should come into this world. So the situation is getting so bad that she doesn't even believe God can fix it. Verse 28, And when she had said so, she went her way, and called Mary. But this is the thing. Jesus didn't say that he called Mary. <laughs> Her sister secretly saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly because Jesus is calling me. <laughs> and came unto him. Now, remember those mourners? Everybody remember that? Listen to this. Now, Jesus was not yet coming to town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews, then which were with her in the house, comforted her. When they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily, went out and followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. I need one volunteer real quick to run up here. One volunteer. Thank you. Thank you. She said, Seriously? Okay. Now, remember that the mourners, professional mourners, are coming to help you grieve, correct? Ah! You got to practice, okay? Practice for everybody. Let it out. <laughs> You're not supposed to be happy. Somebody died. We're going to work on that. <laughs> what I want you to do is I just want you to walk slowly in front of me. Yeah, go ahead. And so, slower, slower. You're going too fast. You're in a track meet, praise God. And so, she goes because she believes Jesus is calling her, but she doesn't go by herself. The mourners follow her. So the thing that was in the house, when she was trying to get to Jesus, That's why you got to be careful what you allow in the house because when you try to get to Jesus, sometimes it tries to follow you on your pursuit to Jesus. That's good. Come back, mourner. Come back. Come back right here. No, you can walk fast. Just stand right there. 
We're having a good time. No, come back. Where are you going? Lord Jesus. <laughs> and she goes back. She, they're thinking that she's going to the grave to weep again. But no, she's actually going to see Jesus. Verse 32. Then Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him. And she did what? Fell down at his feet. This is the same Mary that in Luke fell down at Jesus' feet and began to wipe his feet with her hair. So when life begins to happen, your praise can't change. If you're praising them when you're a sinner and you need God to forgive you, when life starts happening, your approach to Jesus cannot change. But this is what I got to give y'all. Y'all ready for this? I'm going to break it down. The Bible says that she fell at his feet. Where the mourners at? See, there's some people that ain't interested in worshiping with you. They just interested in whining with you. <laughs> Lazarus is dead. But they ain't interested in lifting up the name of Jesus. You want to know why? Because some people are spiritual leeches. All they want to do is just cry, cry, cry. Hey, why don't we shout today? Oh, no, we can't do that. Lazarus is dead. Some people are just interested in living in the past, not interested in going closer and getting to Jesus. And so these mourners are following her, but they're not interested in worshiping with her. That's why you got to be careful. You got to check your row sometimes. Hey, hey, so I, I, let me, let me, hold on, hold on, listen. I, I ain't from here, I'm from Alabama. Let me ask you a question. Sometimes you got to be like, look at your row and say, did you come to worship today? Because if you ain't, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Because I'm the pew captain on this road. And we're going to be a work. Stay with me. Mm. <laughs> I'm having too much fun, y'all. <laughs> then when Mary came... She saw Jesus, she fell at his feet. Verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. What would cause Jesus to groan and feel troubled? Is when hope shows up and you can't even realize hope showed up because your situation seems so hopeless. And so when Jesus shows up and he brings an evangelist from Birmingham, Alabama to tell you that what you're dealing with is not too hard for God to fix and you keep bringing that whole excuse, God, it's been dead for 20 years. It's been dead for 15 years. And God's saying, I spoke the worlds into existence and I can speak life into this dead situation. But he groaned in his spirit because when something 
seems hopeless. Hope shows up. And we're like, oh, Jesus, you can't do that. Oh, can't do that. You ain't no miracle worker no more, Jesus. That was back in Billy Cole's days. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I don't care what you're dealing with. The healers in the house, the physicians in the house, God have mercy. And he's come to meet your need. Don't go nowhere. I'm going to need you. <laughs> Verse 34, and said, where have you laid him? <laughs> After four days, Jesus, you want to know? Yeah, I want to know. They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And the Bible says in verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept because Jesus is close enough to your need that he can feel what you're going through. Then said, okay, here we go. You ready for this? The Jews show back up and they start talking. The mourners. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved. Start walking again, sis. So the mourners are following her to Jesus, and they didn't worship with her. But what they're doing is saying, oh, you really think Jesus loved him, but they let him die? So we think that when we come to church, the voices stay at home. Oh, no, they follow you to church. You ain't worthy to worship. Did you know what you did last week? You better not lift your hands. And so... As she walks, keep walking. And so as she's walking, the mourners are speaking. Oh, how he loved your brother. Man, that's, you know, why would you go to that extraordinary church for? God wouldn't allow you, if he really loved you, he wouldn't allow you to go through that stuff. And so the mourners are talking to her as she's trying to figure out, God, why? And they have a voice. Don't go nowhere, mourner. You got to have a cry face or something. No, she said, no, let's see. <laughs> Verse 37, and some of them said, could not this man, <laughs> which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? If God loved you so much, why did he allow this to happen? He's touching that family over there. Why isn't he touching yours? And so the spirit of the mourners is trying to point fingers of why God hasn't done it. And so it causes us to doubt if God even cares about us even more. God, you really love me? Why did you take my family from me? One of the hardest questions I think humanity asks God is why. And sometimes when God doesn't answer, we think that God doesn't care. Because it doesn't make sense to us. We don't understand. But sometimes you got to think about it this way. God's working with the end. In mind. Thank you. I'm trying to hurry to a close. 
Verse 38, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, coming to the grave, it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time, here we go again, of all the reasons why he can't fix it. By this time, he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou wilt see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Hold on, Jesus. Why are you praying right now? I think Jesus was being an example to us. And when we don't know why, Father, I thank you for this trial. Listen, because when we don't understand why and we don't stop praising God, I believe that gets God's attention. Mm, mm. When we don't understand We've been obedient to God and listened to his voice. I'm a minister to a lady. I feel this right now in the Holy Ghost. You are dealing with tremendous difficulties in your family. Ooh, God, help me right now. Tremendous difficulties. And there's a weight over you because you feel like you're carrying the burden of your whole family by yourself. And so, you're trying to do all of this and come to church and gift your life right. And everybody from your past life telling you, see, before you got in the church, everything was a lot easier. <laughs> when you live for God, doesn't mean life's going to get easier. It just means that when you go through difficulties, you got a supernatural <laughs> presence that's walking with you. Jesus told him, you take away the stone. Y'all, Jesus had the ability to move that stone by his voice. He could have moved it himself. But he was saying, in your humanistic strength, you do all you can do. And once you've done all you can do, God, help me right now. Once you've done all you can do. God's going to open his mouth and start speaking to those things that were dead and causing it to resurrect back to life. I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost right now, God's going to start speaking to some situations in your life today and there's going to be a pace change in your life, but you got to believe that he can. I can feel your spirit right now, but Brother Kerry, by this time, he stinketh. By this time, he stinketh. By this time, okay, you just don't know the financial difficulties I'm dealing with right now. Life was a lot easier before I gave my life to God and started surrendering myself to him. I'm going to tell somebody right now, am I okay, Pastor? I'm almost done. There's somebody in this house, your old life is pulling for you. It's calling you back. Hey, don't go to that church. 
Brother Thompson, he's a little radical. You know, just, just forget all that stuff and just come back to the world. Come back to that immoral lifestyle. Come back. Come back. Life was so much better in the world. I feel that. I really feel that in the Holy Ghost that something's been speaking to somebody in this house. Come on back. You don't need that. And the Holy Ghost has sent a guy from Birmingham, Alabama that doesn't know most of you in this house to speak a word into you that something's going to shift in your life and you're going to be so committed to God that you're... I don't care who it is in your family that's telling you to get away from that church. I'm speaking of some specific things in the Holy Ghost right now. There are some things that your family's saying that's trying to disconnect you from this church. But I believe God's going to turn a page today and you're going to be the reason why your you're going to be the reason why your family's going to be in the church. But you got to believe that he is able. We walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes we look at the situation and it's so bad. We say, God, and we put God in a box. God, you can't. God's saying, just put me to the test. Lazarus, come forth. He shows up in the most bleak of times. And he starts opening his mouth. And speaks to those things that were dead. You're not too far God cannot reach you. Listen, I'm going to say this, and we're going to have an altar call. Brother Keel can do whatever he feels. Your ministry, hear me in the Holy Ghost. Somebody in this house feels like their ministry is behind them because you've made mistakes. And the call of God can never happen because you have made those mistakes. I feel in the Holy Ghost, God's going to breathe life into your ministry today. And something's going to happen where you go back into your community and say, God, I'm going to be everything you called me to be. 20 years, I don't care how long it's been, God's going to breathe life into your ministry. And you're going to be a catalyst to what God's trying to do in this church once you start believing God can do it through you. Let's stand all over the house. God's going to speak to some things. I feel this right now. There is one couple in this house this morning. The hand of God is on your life. You're a key piece to this church. God's going to breathe life into that ministry. And after today, you will never be the same. Not because I'm here. Because God recognizes that you really believe that this thing is final. And God's saying, no, this season that you're dealing with right now is only temporary. I feel a page flipping today in the name of Jesus. I want every eye closed right now. Every eye closed. Ministry team can look around. That's fine.
But I wonder in this house today, is there anybody in this house that would be honest and say, Brother Kerry, I need God to speak to some things in my life. There's some things that I've been dealing with that seem so instrumental that even God himself can't fix. If you're one of those people in the house today that believe that and you've had that mindset, I want you to just lift your hands in honesty right now. Just one hand. Lift your hand. I'm dealing with some things. Wow. 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 Put your hands down. I want everybody to look at me. Thank you for your honesty. I want to say that first. Thank you. We're a family here. We can be honest. But you don't have to leave this house where the Holy Ghost is. Continuing to deal with this. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.